0: Part 4 chapter 15a of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole 1852 to 1935 and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part 4 second marriage chapter 15a Vera pavlovna's fourth dream and Vera pavlovna dreams a dream as though a voice familiar to her oh how familiar to her from afar the nearer nearer Wie herrlich leuchtet mir die natur wie glänzet die zone wie lacht die fleur and Vera pavlovna sees that it is so absolutely so the cornfield shines with golden hues the meadow is decked with flowers hundreds thousands of blossoms are waving on the copse encircling the meadow and the forest which rises behind the copse grows green and whispers and gleams with flowers fragrance is wafted from the cornfield from the meadow from the copse from the flowers that fill the forest little birds are flying from twig to twig and thousands of voices come forth from the branches with the fragrance and beyond the cornfield the meadow the copse the forest are other cornfields shining in gold other meadows decked with flowers other copses thick with blossoms stretching away to the distant mountains covered with forests gleaming in the sun and on their summits here and there bright silvery golden purple translucent clouds changing and casting on the horizon their brilliant blue shadows the sun mounts on high it rejoices and nature rejoices it pours forth light and warmth fragrance and song love and tenderness into the heart a song of joy and tenderness poureth forth of love and goodness from the heart o earth o sun o happiness o joy o love o love so golden beautiful like morning clouds on yonder heights o erd o zone o gluck o lust o lieb o liebe, so golden schön wie morgenwolken auf jenen hön now dost thou know me dost thou know that i am beautiful but thou dost not know yet none of you yet know me in all my beauty look at the past the present and the future listen and look volt perle in glasse der purpurne Wein, volt glänzen die augen der Gäste. at the foot of the mountain at the edge of the forest amid the blooming copse surrounded by lofty trees a palace is built let us go there they go they fly a magnificent festival the wine is foaming in the glasses the eyes of the guests gleam bright a noise and a whispering undertone laughter and a secret silent pressing of hands and now and then a stealthy inaudible kiss a song a song without song joy is not complete and the poet rises his face and mind are lighted by inspiration nature whispers to her secrets history reveals her significance and the life of thousands of years passes by in his song like a series of pictures One, the poet's words resound and a picture appears the tents of nomads around the tents are grazing sheep horses camels afar lies the forest olives and fig trees still further further at the edge of the horizon towards the northwest is a double chain of lofty mountains the summits of the mountains are covered with snow their slopes are covered with cedars but the shepherds are straighter than the cedars their wives are straighter than the palm trees and their days are free from care in this soft idle existence they have one concern love all their lives pass day by day in caresses and songs of love no says the shining one this is not about me i did not exist then yonder woman was a slave where there is no equality i am not found that tsaritsa was estarte lo there she is a beautiful woman on her hands and feet are heavy golden bracelets a heavy necklace of pearls and corals with golden links upon her neck her hair is moistened with myrrh her face betrays sensuality and servility her eyes are full of voluptuousness and insipidity be obedient to thy lord sweeten his idleness during the intervals of his forays thou must love him because he bought thee and if thou dost not love him he will kill thee says she to a woman who lies before her in the dust thou seest that it is not i says the beauty two again resound the inspired words of the poet a new picture arises a city at the distance towards the north and east are the mountains towards the east and south and further to the west the sea a wonderful city the houses there are small mean in their outward show but how many wonderful temples are there especially on the hill where the steps with gates of wondrous grandeur lead the whole height is filled with temples and public edifices any one of which alone would now be sufficient to increase the glory and fame of the finest of our capitals thousands of statues decorate these temples in the city everywhere statues one of which alone would be sufficient to make the museum where it was placed the first museum of the world and how beautiful the people are as they come crowding into the squares into the streets each of these young youths each of these young girls could serve as a model for a statue indeed it is an active lively joyous people a people whose life is bright and beautiful these houses which are not luxurious to look upon what riches of beauty and lofty power of enjoyment they show within with everything of furnishing or household where one might fall in love and all these people are so beautiful they have such solid understanding of beauty they live for love they serve the beautiful here comes an exile back to the city whose power he destroyed he returns to rule and all know it why is not one hand raised against him on the chariot with him goes a woman of marvellous beauty even in a city of beautiful women pointing him to the people begging the people to accept him assuring the people that she supports him and bowing low before her beauty the people entrust their fate to pisistratus their favourite here is a court the judges are stern old men the people may be drawn away but they yield not to impulses the areopagus is famous for its merciless severity by its implacable honesty gods and goddesses came before it to ask decision in their cases and here a woman must appear before them whom all consider guilty of horrible crimes she must die the destroyer of athens each of the judges has already decided in his soul aspasia appears before them she who is doomed and they all kneel down before her on the earth and they say Thou shalt not be judged. Thou art too beautiful. Isn't this the kingdom of beauty? Isn't this the kingdom of love? No, says the radiant one. At that time I was not in existence. They bowed to a woman, but they did not consider her their equal. They subjected themselves to her only as a source of enjoyment. Human dignity they did not acknowledge in her. Where respect to a woman is not the same as to a man, I am not to be found. That Tsaritsa was called Aphrodite. Here she is that Tsaritsa has no adornments whatsoever she is so beautiful that her admirers did not wish her to wear any dress her wonderful lines must not be hidden from delighted eyes what does she say to a woman who is almost as beautiful as she is who throws frankincense upon her altars be a source of enjoyment for mankind he is thy master thou livest not for thyself but for him and in her eyes there is only the tenderness of physical enjoyment her bearing is haughty in her face there is pride but pride only in its physical beauty and to what a life a woman was doomed during her reign man locked his wife in the gynecium, so that no one but him her master might enjoy her beauty which belonged to him alone she had no liberty there were other women who called themselves free but they sold the enjoyment of their beauty they sold their liberty no they had no liberty this tsaritsa was half a slave where there is no liberty there is no happiness there i am not found three again resound the poet's words a new picture appears before the castle an arena around is an amphitheatre with a shining host of spectators on the arena are knights over the arena on the balcony of the castle sits a maiden she has her scarf in her hands whosoever conquers shall get the scarf and the kiss of her hand THE KNIGHTS FIGHT TO THE DEATH. TOGENBURG IS VICTORIOUS. KNIGHT, I LOVE THEE LIKE A SISTER. ASK NO OTHER SORT OF LOVE. MY HEART DOES NOT BEAT FASTER WHEN YOU COME. IT BEATS NOT FASTER WHEN YOU DEPART. MY FATE IS DECIDED, SAYS HE, AND DEPARTS FOR PALESTINE. AND THROUGHOUT ALL CHRISTENDOM THE GLORY OF HIS doughty DEEDS IS SPREAD. BUT HE CANNOT LIVE WITHOUT SEEING THE Tsaritsa OF HIS SOUL. HE RETURNS. HE HAS NOT FOUND FORGETFULNESS IN BATTLES. Do not rap at the door o night. she is now in the nunnery he builds for himself a little hut from the window of which unseen by her he can see her when she opens the window of her cell and all his life is one longing for her to appear at the window beautiful as the sun he has no other life than to see the tsaritsa of his soul there was no other life in life for life was dead in him and as life was ebbing away he sat still at the window of his hut and thought one thought alone shall i ever see her again this is not all about me says the radiant one he loved her as long as he did not touch her if she had become his wife she would have become his slave she would have been obliged to tremble before him he would have locked her up he would have ceased to love her he would have gone out hunting he would have gone to the war He would have caroused with his comrades he would have seduced the daughters of his vassals his wife would have been cast aside locked up despised when once a man had enjoyed a woman then he ceased to love her from that time forth no i was not there then that tsaritsa was called chastity here she is modest humble tender beautiful more beautiful than astarte more beautiful than aphrodite herself but melancholy gloomy sorrowful before her they bowed their knees they bring her bouquets of roses she says my soul is sad with deathly sorrow a dagger is plunged into my heart be ye also sorrowful ye are unfortunate the earth is a veil of sorrow no no i was not in existence then says the radiant one four no those tsaritsas did not resemble me they are all still reigning but the kingdoms are crumbling With the birth of each of them, the reign of her predecessor began to crumble. I was born only when the kingdom of the last began to crumble. And since I was born, their kingdom began to crumble more rapidly, and soon they will vanish entirely. The successor of each could not take the place left by the others, since the others still existed. I shall take the place of all of them. They shall vanish. I shall remain the mistress of the world. But they had to reign before me. Without their reign mine could not come. End of part four chapter fifteen a recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.